Season 3, Episode 6 of Beyond This Earth is ready right now and on today's episode of Beyond This Earth. It is the Rittenhouse case, the issues between guns and the law and how it deals with youth. Were the tears on Kyle Rittenhouse's face fake? How did Twitter respond to all of this? And what will the case and the future laws will entail concerning teens and guns? There is something going on in Belarus and it is between them, Poland, and other countries in the EU. Why are they using migrants as a political football? Evergrande may have not have paid their creditors. We'll find out more about what is going to happen next with the second largest Chinese real estate firm going up in flames. And the Russian Akism, it was a lie. Let's go through all of that. Concerning that Russianism, the reality of the Rittenhouse case in the second segment, it is between who owns who. What is the thing that I did last week to change aspects of last week's episode? And then in the final segment, space and other news plus changes in the way the internet and its history are being told right as we speak. All this and more on today's episode of Beyond This Earth. Welcome back to Beyond This Earth. This is Nova Hollaback. That's Hollaback. Today's episode of Beyond This Earth, we're splitting aspects of it into two parts. We're going to talk about this Kyle Rittenhouse case because I think a lot of the things that I have seen, especially concerning this case, deeply concerns me to the point where I think that we need to take a breather and go back and make a realization on how all of these things are entailed. And in the second segment, I want to focus on some very deeply dark things that really showcases the problems with how youth are raised in America in ways that I don't think people can predict. And really, Anthony, it's somewhat connected to this recent incident with Travis Scott and all the people that got trampled on in the astral world in Houston, where he was the headline star. But I wanna go through these things concerning this particular case. And I just wanna make an assertion concerning the issues with the law. I'm just going to paraphrase some of it. If I get it wrong, let me know. The Wisconsin law that pretty much states that Kyle Rittenhouse is being charged for and him giving himself up to the cops and the rest of these things. This is where the issue stands. The issue comes into the 
place where oh he is not supposed to have a gun as a teenager he shot two people they said it was malicious that particular type of gun is somewhat of a military firearm well it's not really a military firearm per se it, it lost certain aspects of its military usage if you want to we'll make it clear also um it's the lower it's a low it's a lower thursday let's keep it real let's keep it real it's a lower thursday so the law pretty much states that if it should be used for hunting purposes those that are younger than 12 can have that certain type of firearm if it's that type of pistol problem i mean not pistol if that is that type of rifle the problem is the law is worded badly concerning that. When it comes to pistols, which this particular person, Kyle Rittenhouse, did not have, or we do not know if he had one in person. Even if it did, he did not shoot anybody with a pistol. If he had a pistol, it is five to 20 years for those murders, period, period in the story. It's five, and, five to 20 years. Was he a part of a gang? The question is, what do they constitute as a gang? Which is what the liberals trying to, the liberals are trying to say, what constitutes as a gang? These guys that are doing all these they should be committed to as a gang. So therefore he must be arrested and sent to prison because he was a part of a gang. No. The state, Wisconsin, has a list of all the gangs there. And that was not constituted as a gang, whether if it's a gang that dealing with inner city, with the inner city and whatnot, or a gang that they're trying to figure out if they're white rights or what have you. That particular group was not considered a gang. So that one is out. So the only thing they could possibly get Mr. Rittenhouse on was one of the statues dealing with somebody supplied him the gun when he was underage. And that in that particular sense, there could be a citation and some community service to go with this. Whereas the person that gave him the gun needs to be punished with at least prison time for him giving the weapon to that particular person. To, to Mr. Rittenhouse. When we look at this particular case and how it has been handled, especially from the prosecution, has been a comedy of errors. The judge stated certain things about how these particular people were going to be mentioned throughout the case. Then the prosecution trying to set up their case couldn't do it, asked the questions, and then the defense just 
railroaded dead, the, the survivors and other particular witnesses that were around them at that particular aspect, as it were in this case. And then the prosecution trying to bully their way into getting a convention, which they shouldn't have done. And you can see the weakness in that particular prosecution's case for that incident. Now, whereas with the judge, the judge is doing certain things in order to keep the courtroom as professional as possible, but the judge in some ways is doing things that gives the perception of it being a show trial. One thing that I am reminded of the way the law is situated and people doing and do judges have is that we don't do these things concerning with people looking at through papers people looking for trying to get there, people mentioning <clears throat> on what they're going to eat for lunch and all the rest of these things. The judge has done outside of those tiny, outside of those incidents, a job where it's commendable, but there are certain things the judge is doing after this particular case and people really reviewed this particular case. And I don't want people who are fans of this show to get on me and say, oh, you're doing this because you're just playing both sides. There is no both sides to this. There is none, but it will be, but the perception that the judge will be seen by a lot of people saying he was being unprofessional in certain places, but professional in other things. He was calling these things, he was calling, they couldn't be called victims, but they were going to be called arsonists. These things were there. This is, there are certain things that judges have to be seen or have to be shown as to be impartial as possible. Whereas somebody who is very busy has all these things, have all these projects, and will only go to the six o'clock news or say like a Don Lemon tonight and all the rest of it, or sometimes even a Tucker Carlson, they will only get that little bit, tiny bit of the story. And as we have all known, and we are going to show later on in this segment, did that little bit of the story can be skewed in any direction that particular managing editor of the evening news or editor of that particular show can move it in any other direction. That that particular editor wants to move towards. This leads into the whole tear incident that Kyle Rittenhouse went through. And a lot of people on Twitter said that it was fake. And they wanted to compare to 
the passings of African-American young men of the same age as Mr. Rittenhouse and saying that their tears were not shed and the whole lot of it. There's some very scary implications on all of this. I'm going to get to some of it in the second segment, but let's put this in a real particular sense. I don't believe that the tears, I don't believe that these particular Twitter people understand how people can be emotional for certain things. I believe that there is a disconnect and JD Vance and other people have been talking about this disconnect. James Polos have been talking about this disconnect. And I, I think there's, there's a couple of others, Benjamin Braddock, many others. Uh, hell, Ruthless Podcast can tell you all about the disconnect between rural, semi-rural, higher level boonies, how those people handle emotions from the way the city slickers handle emotions. And in one sense, Mr. Rittenhouse could not believe that it would have reached to this level. And so all the emotions that he has kept in a lot of times because he's still a child in many, he's still legally a child. Well, he just turned 18, so he's now an adult, but there, but the two years, but the years that have passed since that incident that took place in 2010 and 2020 during these particular riots, as it were, and what happened in Kenosha. Every, especially what happened to Kenosha in particular and the reasons he said he was there, the emotions overtook him and he started to cry. Those tears are legitimate, folks. The PTSD is legitimate. For other people to come up and say that he cried on cue, he cried because he got caught, he cried because all these other things and whatnot. Let them say those particular things because I'll get to why it is so in the second segment, but let them say those things and observe it for what it is. Don't see it as all oh, this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. That's not what this is. It is a realization that we are a split country with completely different ways of seeing the same documents and the same government and the same things that we live through as American citizens. It was small in one sense, but it's now to a point where 
there is just two different directions and there are players in America and outside of America that are influencing the decisions being made that affect all of us at large. I will get to all that in a second segment. Next up, what is going on in Belarus? From the Chicago Tribune, Belarus was rocked. This is Yermis Karamau. It's from the Associated Press, but it's for, but the Chicago Tribune from the Associated Press. Belarus was rocked by months of massive protests following the August 2020 election that gave the authoritarian president Alexander Lukashenko a six-term in office. The opposition and the Western powers rejected that result as a sham. Belarusian authorities responded to the demonstrations with a fierce crackdown that saw more than 35,000 people arrested and thousands beaten by police. The European Union and the U.S. reacted by imposing sanctions on the government of Lukashenko. These restrictions were toughened after an incident in May when a passenger jet flying from Greece to Lithuania was diverted by Belarus to Minsk, where authorities arrested dissident journalist Ramai Pravavaskic. The EU called it air piracy and barred Belarusian carriers to its skies and cut imports of its top commodities, including petroleum products and potash, an ingredient in fertilizer. That's potash, an ingredient in fertilizer. A furious Lufasenko shot bet that he would no longer abide by an agreement to stem illegal migration, arguing that the EU sanctions deprived his government of funds needed to contain flows of migrants. Planes carrying migrants from Iraq, Syria, and other countries began arriving in Belarus, and they soon headed to the borders with Poland, Lithuania, and Latvia. Pavel Duvaiska a member of the Belarusian opposition stated that the state-controlled tourist agencies were involved in offering visa support to migrants and helping them drive to the border. The EU accused Lufthansa using the migrants as pawns as a hybrid attack against the 27-nation bloc in retaliation for the sanctions. Lufthansa denies encouraging the flow of migrants and said that the EU is violating migrants' rights by denying them safe passage. Well, it continues with during the summer that Lithuania introduced a state of emergency to deal with the influx of migrants and safe versus border with Belarus. It set up tent camps to accommodate the, uh, to accommodate the growing number of migrants. Authorities in Warsaw estimated the crowds between 300,000 to 400,000 and prevented hundreds of people from entering into the country. Analysis said that Lusitanko's heavy-handed approach will likely backfire. Some say that Russia is behind all of this. So, Lusitanko is using the crises in the Middle East and the migrants thereof which we have migrant problems here in with the Afghans and they're going to Wisconsin and other places of that nature. 
Lufusinko is using the EU's own medicine against them. That because of what is going on in Belarus and why he needs to be elected for a sixth time. It is an interesting ploy to say the least. I'm going to be watching this a little bit closely because a lot of people say that there is a there's a theory out there. I don't want to say a lot of people say, but there's a theory out there that states that immigration tends to be used as a weapon of war. We might be seeing one of its biggest examples in this Belarusian case. Could it be a cause belly, causes belly for the Polish and the Lithuanians to attack that country? I think John Michael Greer stated that it's only a matter of time before Europe becomes a powder cake again. And it is, and a lot of people in his board and in, in his comment boards and in his message board had stated that we are in that particular position now and they will be using foreign agencies, especially with the use of immigration and mercenaries in order to prove their point. And then Lufasinsko a couple of days ago said he will no longer send oil for the cold winter to come to the rest of Western Europe. We will be watching this as it continues. Evergrande has not paid its bills and pretty much has defaulted on their loans. But it seems that as that company was heading towards that long good night in the last possible second, as it almost breathed its last, cash draft developer, real estate developer, China Evergrande Group once again averted a destabilizing default with a last minute bond payment, but the reprieve did little to alleviate strains in the country's widely wilder property sector. Customers of international clearing firm Clearstream received an overdue interest payments on $3 bonds issued by Evergrande. A Clearstream spokeswoman said on Thursday, Evergrande, the world's most endeavored developer, has been stumbling from deadline to deadline in recent weeks as it grapples with more than $300 billion in liabilities, 19 billion of which are dollar bonds. Latest payments were made at the end of a 30-day grace period, which ended on Wednesday and was the third time in the past month that the paid up apparently close to deadline. The bonds had a total more than 
$148 million due. Although the developer managed to sidestep intimate disaster woes in the country's $5 billion property sector, trillion dollar property sector, shows no signs of abandoning with a wall of debt coming due. So, it don't look good. They saved themselves from disaster. And all of a sudden they paid up their bills. I have something to tell y'all folks. Somebody is trying to keep this baby alive. Somebody's trying to keep this company alive. But there are interesting things that are going on in China. One, they recently had their 100th anniversary and their sixth plentium, if they want to call it. And they pretty much set up that Z is going to be president for life now and forever till he dies. He is the next man to lead us into the into the generation of us as kings of world, which is pretty much what the communist Chinese are saying. And he has pretty much set up an invitation for Biden to join him in the Olympic Games 2022. Folks, there's things from that side you may have heard and this side you may have heard, but things happening in Taiwan, it looks like we're going to go into some sort of tussle to You know, how how do these, how do we do to be the cock of the walk, if you want to put it in those particular terms? And it's coming soon. So, the next couple of weeks, the next couple of months and years, it's going to be posturing new technologies, new war technologies, nothing definitive. And then suddenly, all at once, bang. So keep watch of what's going on with Evergrande, China, Taiwan, and everything else in that nature. And speaking of things that have to do with geopolitics, the Russian kism was a lie. It was always a lie. It was always a lie. How many times have we had to tell y'all motherfuckers this? Richard Kissing was a lie. How many times? Even Mark Ames had to tell you this. He said in his recent Twitter missive. Does her NPR guy claim that this network never pushed the deal does the A while Tish Tishki Mandel and a few apples that did, which is a straight up lie. I spent, that's Mark Ames, spent three years hearing NPR and its morning guy Leonard Lopez hard sell bad shit deal and Russia gate conspiracy theories. These things. That's Brian Leher, excuse me, not Leonard Lopgate. These same Russian gate 
steel dossier hustlers who now pretend they have nothing to do with it are the same liars who propagate about the dangers of disinformation. You gotta be an ace liar with no shame to get to the top of this fucking crummy business. And then from Michael Tracy concerning this particular situation. While the Washington Post has been forced to take the drastic step of effectively retracting two major articles involving the Steele dossier, don't expect this to prompt wider reflection about the journalistic failures of Rushgate, because that will indict the entire industry. Incredibly, these two Rush, these two Washington Post journalists whose article has now been effectively retracted, received the pollster for the Russian invade reporting, which is exactly the same time period 2017. Kind of ways you wonder what else they got egregiously wrong, doesn't it? As he said, and this is what he said in 2019, the New York Times and Washington Post got showered with pollsters and touted as journalistic heroes for their Trump-Russiagate coverage, which all proved to be for not. They were reporting on a farce. Get back the awards or throw them in the garbage. I told you there was no Russian in Kingdom. James O'Keefe told you that there was no Russian in Kingdom. Ruthless Podcast told you there was no Russian in Kingdom. Mark Ames told you this. Sasha Levine told you this. Michael Tracy told you this. All these motherfuckers told you this. But you still listen to Mad on a conspiracy game theories and gave her four million a day week! Four million a day! Every single day when you were doing the little rush of the kisms! The rush of the kism! The rush of the kism! He peed on somebody! The rush of the kism! The rush of the kism! We did two impeachment trials over the Russian to kiss him! The Russian to kiss him! The Russian to kiss him! We did two impeachment trials! January 6th is partly because of this! Nobody is going to suffer any sort of firing over what? This steel dossier took place and the only person in this industry that has continued the reporting of the steel dossier and everything around it and surrounding it has been Catherine Heritage. And guess what is happening with her news division? I just want y'all motherfuckers to understand that Scott Pelley did not lie about him going to a war zone, but my, but Brian Williams did, and CBS is trying to bring Brian Williams to do the evening news. But you got rid of Scott Pelley for no fucking reason but ratings. He left Walt this year because of readings. But you're gonna bring in a liar after you told another, told Dan Rather when he lied to kick to kick sand. But you're gonna bring another liar from NBC, and then the whole Russian kids don't get soft. 
have more news coverage in every single edifice of our country. And yet the truth is not being told about any of this shit. Next segment has to deal with what is the real truth behind this Kyle Rittenhouse story and what it has to deal with how people see the world and as well continuing our situation continuing with what is going on with journalism what is the situation with project veritas the fpi and the new york times all this and more on episode six season three of beyond this earth Beyond This Earth will continue right after these messages. We now return you to Beyond This Earth. Welcome back to Beyond the Surf. Nova the Hall back here. Let's talk about this Kyle Rittenhouse situation. I don't want to make it too short or too long because we got other things we need to discuss about Project Veritas and the relationship with this and how this thing is handled with Russia and other particular news items. And it sort of goes back to Rittenhouse as well. I think I am beginning to see a very dark pattern with this particular case. And I'm beginning to ascertain that this particular case is way, way darker than even the Twitter people from the alt-right or either from the alt-left or what have you are willing to ascertain or willing to accept it comes to a very deep darkness one of the things that people do not understand about what kanye was stated about change of gold and change of this is that you have a society unfortunately that pretty much have people that think that they own all y'all motherfuckers that they just own you by osmosis. And what do you mean by ownership? Kyle Rittenhouse, whatever you think about him or whatnot, you see, is a guy that comes from the boonies. They have no control over the boonies per se in this in this society even though a lot of people saying that oh there's some degeneracy over there i don't want to get into that this has nothing to do with sin no sin what have you 
a lot of people are going to the steps of saying, oh, because they did these sort of things, which a lot, look, let me make this clear. Those dream men are not good men. Let's make that clear. They're not good men. Their records show for it, okay? Here's the issue people need to understand. There's a failure in law when it comes to those dream men, and there's a failure in law when it comes to this particular case. And it's failure of law in one case and failure of law in the other with these particular with these particular men. They have combined to create a show for the entertainment and the aggrandizement of people not connected to this case. The fundamental problem that I see here, especially with Kyle Rittenhouse, is that the liberals think that they own a certain type of child. Point blank. They believe that A child have to act a certain way depending on the city that they live in. That a child that does not act the way they believe people are live the way that people live in. The way let me let me back myself up so I want to make myself a little bit clearer. They believe that certain ethnicities that live in certain areas in the country are going to raise children a certain way and that we need to lift them up in a certain fashion that would benefit everyone else. But when it comes to other children that don't live this particular way, we've already damned them because of the places they live. And in some ways, it's the same in certain conservative circles. You know the names. I don't have to tell you. Um, Andrew, um, I don't, I, Andrew Sullivan for one, especially when he talked about what happened during the election. You remember what he said. One of the things that people need to understand is when they were talking about Michael Brown or they're talking about Tamir Rice or they're talking about Trayvon Martin, it comes in a form of the liberals own not only their narrative, but the discussion of their lives and the discussion of their essence their constitution i don't want to say body i want to say essence constitution and that we need to raise these men and let them do what they want like they do for their white children we liberals will try and do the same for african-american children and those in other ethnicities so they can be raised up but they damn with CRT, the realities that are going on 
in the boonies. But CRT is, is not a discussion of trying to destroy Killer Mockingbird. That's not what it is. CRT is trying to blame other people, other poor people, for the things that the Democrats have done to other ethnicities since they have been in power over the last 40 some years. And the reactions in order to keeping that power, whether it is through the misinstitution of law concerning African-American men and other ethnic men and women concerning those particular issues and the misappropriation and misuse of law, whereas they didn't get rid of the criminals in particular, but caused more criminality in that sense. The turnaround in trying to solve this problem, as we have seen in Minnesota with the police department not being dismantled, and a lot of those votes coming from African-American voters. The leadership and intelligentsia, which are mostly left-wing, of our country not recognizing the realities of both white and other ethnic groups and how corporations went to China which we will explain next week on Beyond This Earth, ultimately destroying the tax base, which has caused a lot, not all, but a lot of the problems that we now see today. There is a tape that was on YouTube that dealt with Kenosha. Kenosha used to have a very large building that did manufacturing cars. And this building, as it were, closed down back in like 96, 90, 95, 96. And they did a report on that and they were wondering when were their next job going to come from. A lot of these were hardworking men both black, white, and many other different ethnic groups that lived in Kenosha at that particular time. So there was a point in time where these particular cities like Kenosha, like outskirts of the Chester, um, outskirts of Bankhead, and other places where you had these multicultural communities that had these particular working class communities that all knew each other, you understand? They didn't have to necessarily get along, mind you, but they all worked together in the same buildings and they all voted Democrat because at the time the Democrats were for the unions, were for the working class and all of it. The liberals only did that to keep that particular thing at bay because the unions and the richer elements of the Democratic Party were once one in the same 
until Carter came into that place. And Carter became president and started doing energy policies. Once the energy policies went through, that he wanted to implement went through. Some of them did, some of them didn't. And then OSHA, which was passed by Nixon in trying to placate the liberals, you see, the corporations of America went to Freya, Hong Kong, to China. If we remember correctly, Poppy Bush started to build these these, with the help of the CIA, Papa Bush helped China. No one wants to tell you this. We have the tapes. The tapes are out there on YouTube. Find them. I know their search is bad, but find them, bruh. It is a question of ownership of young black men. Ultimately, from the liberals and releasing them of their sins, whether it's right or wrong, releasing them of their sins, that they were sinless as it were. But Kyle Rittenhouse is an asshole, is a psychopath. His sins cannot be released, but they're around the same age. But the problem is all of them are minors. You understand? And under the propensities of the law, you see, they have to be treated as minors. All it is in my assertion is liberals trying to get revenge or trying to seek a form of vengeance upon a person who's still alive whose case the prostitution is not doing a good job in proving that this particular case should go to jail for five to 20 years. Did they believe his tears are not worthy of anything? Him and his mothers. That they can call him white when he is Hispanic and a whole lot of other things. That doesn't excuse the issues what happened with Tamir Rice in particular. Doesn't excuse what the cops did in that particular case. Even though they got a, even though they were not, even though they were not charged, doesn't excuse a lot of the other cases like Luke Castillo and others. Doesn't excuse it. 
but there is a certain amount, and I think Razor Fitz kind of gets this right, and it's scary. There is a certain amount of the Democrats are still the Ditsycrats. There's a certain amount of it that is patronizing towards African-Americans and their way of expressing themselves. And a lot of people have been saying this for years. Some of them that are black exceptionists or black um, eschatologists, as it were, others saying it just on the basis of they can't get forward in Hollywood, others trying to see themselves as more conservative because the liberals can't do anything right, that sort of thing. But it is this control with a lot of liberals, this control over their constitution, their essence of these men that passed away that is deeply off-putting. And because of this control of their of their of their essence, as it were, of the essence of their lives, it gives them carte blanche. A lot of these liberals in this country and the rest of the world, it gives them carte blanche to do away or to turn around or to use CRT or to use all these particular things, the big tent, um, exegesis as it were. to give them carte blanche to say that everybody that don't agree with our control or our telling of the essence of these young men are automatically racist or automatically they cannot be with us or automatically not American or automatically we can't deal with these people anymore and we must take everything from them. When the reality of the situation is, the Democrats have failed the constituencies time and time again. The liberals have failed. Their idea of statecraft Time and time again. And now they are taking it all out. And the failure of their institutions on white people, poor white people in particular are saying that they can still have privilege because of the color of their skin. But as we begin to see in other places, that's not only disingenuously not true, it is a very dangerous precedent to cause them to turn against power structures in this nation to split from 
those that think they have control over the African, these young African men, American men, African American men, essence, boys, essence, and to dictate, to prevent more deaths such as those young boys from happening again by punishing this young man and call him a psychopath and all the rest of it. When all of it is based on the degradation and the disillusionment of the institutions of how liberals built the way they have built things in order to run state, nation, you can say empire. Let me go through a little bit because I went a little bit over my time about this case with Veritas. A federal judge has ordered the FBI to stop extracting information from James O'Keefe's phone following the raids on multiple party properties last week as a part of a probe into the alleged death of president of Biden's daughter's diary. The FBI had claimed that the diary was stolen. Keith has O'Keefe has vehemently denied that. Late last year, they were approached by tipsters claiming that they had a copy of the diary, said O'Keefe, adding that the tipsters indicated they were negotiating with a different media outlet for the payment of the money for the diary. O'Keefe said at the end of the day, they made the ethical decision because in part, we could not determine if the diary was real. If the diary in fact belonged to Mrs. Biden, or if the contents of the diary occurred, we could not publish the diary and any part thereof. Akeith said that they turned the diary over to law enforcement after Ashley Biden's attorney refused to accept or authenticate it. But that was not enough for the establishment in life of O'Keefe's personal nuance of factor exposing ugly truths. Judge Annalisa Torres ordered the FBI to stop extracting information contained in O'Keefe's phone and further ordered verification by Friday. But it seems that it was not before the contents of the documents had been leaked through the New York Times. So, what's the real reason the FBI is going after Mr. Verit, Mr. Mr. James O'Keefe? I can give you a hundred different reasons why. We had the Minnesota issue concerning with ballots. That's one way of saying we got to get rid of this motherfucker. The powers that be where where it is. We had the issues concerning with the vaccines. This may have been the main reason. This is the main reason. 
I don't think it's a, I think that, I think that O'Keefe is telling the truth about this Ashley Biden thing. I think that he did go talk to Biden's lawyer and said, I will give, I will give it back to you. He said it in very honest terms. I believe that happened. I believe they denied it. He then gave it to law enforcement. I believe that also happened. The real reason why they went after him is Pfizer and the whole thing with the Moderna vaccines and all the rest of it. That's one of the real other reasons. The other reason is the issue with Phil Murphy. We now have reports that saying that Cicerelli has left the race and that the official winner for the New Jersey race, even though it was extremely close, too close to call, was Phil Murphy, is Phil Murphy. So we have that situation there that Phil Murphy almost lost the election because of the things that O'Keefe found out with the vaccines. There's a myriad of other stories, especially dealing with CNN and the CBS local groups, which I have mentioned earlier the last couple of the last couple of seasons. They had to get him. They're trying to get him. You cannot embarrass the old gray lady and not get punished for it. And they do it in ways that you cannot possibly imagine. This is a very, it's like Senator said, this is a very scary time that the FBI and this particular newspaper are in cahoots working together, possibly, in order to figure out what is going on. This is a very dangerous precedent. And I don't mean this to bring people to fear and all the rest of it. This is not a black pill moment, but this is a realization moment that the media is not anybody's friend at this particular moment. And that people like the Jim Gardner's of the world and all the others are retiring and leaving this business in the hands of people that are willing to get cozy with the power structures that be right out of the casting of Prada and the USSR. That should scare a lot of motherfuckers. It really is. I will talk more about this story as it develops. We'll be back with more Beyond This Earth right after this. Beyond This Earth will continue right after these messages. We now return you to 
beyond this earth. Welcome back. I'm having a difficult time doing the show today. Because I said some things that I did earlier. Um, and it was going to be a difficult week. And the difficult week started actually when I uploaded the program for last week to be aired on Sunday. And what happened was is that I missed certain elements of what we were going to discuss concerning the coronavirus and the vat and the treatments that were being taken and they're being taken as of right now. And I'm scared that I'm losing some elements of what I'm have to do because I'm not in the right place to do any particular thing because I'm not in the actual right physical place to do this particular type of radio program. And I have stated that this is only a temporary measure that I could do shows on a 30 minute setup that I don't want to do long shows when I don't have the places in the authority to do so. And I wanted to at least get a certain way that we can get these interviews done. And I had to back off on a lot of other projects that I want to, especially a lot of written projects that I wanted to do over the last couple of days, weeks, months, because it's not that it's not the funding because I don't really necessarily care about funding and all these other things because that is just hankering for trouble. That's hankering for disappointment, for lies, for obfuscation. It's not a good thing at this particular moment. I think there will be a time when certain things will have to be done in that particular way, but we don't have this. I don't have this setup to do those particular things at this particular time. I don't. So what happened was, is that we add, I added another 15 minutes to that particular um, episode because it was important to showcase again how this particular treatment is done and what are the effects of it and countries that have given up on it as I did with um, Japan and others. And there's still countries giving up on it, especially for the younger children and the disasters that are being showcased all over. There are points that your host forgets things. He forgets certain things that need to be done because he has so many, I have so many things I want to do and the people that say they give a damn about me, want me to succeed, want me to do this, then the other. 
they're not having it they're not making any happy it's not happening in the way that people thought it was going to happen and the disasters that are being seen all around is causing me to um we're going through it i'm going through it i thought things were going to change for the better and at least get myself into a place where uh, i can be doing things and making uh, and 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 being in a better place but i have begun to realize that it is a daunting task to try and keep this information in an easy somewhat compact way and not have sometimes bad days where I forget things I'm doing a whole lot of things for free because I want to do it and it's a way to keep me busy and it's a way to keep certain things in tow because in some ways the damage that has been done to my person throughout life has come to hurt things real bad and it's not that I'm physically in pain although there are times that I have issues with leg my legs and there are days that you just begin to have bittersweet moments about life but we'll get through with it as much as we can as much as I can so hopefully this was just a one time thing if it happens again I'm going to have to change certain aspects of what we're going to do with this particular show. I want to get these interviews done as soon as possible. I want to get everything on a place where we can start having interviews on a weekly basis that we will be able to talk to some of the best interview to the best thinkers and interviewers of our time that we can really expose this whole world to a place that is beyond us because if we continue to look towards the stupidity of the collective nature of this world we are going to fall even further to things that we cannot mention here. I cannot mention here. So, that being said, we'll be back with more Beyond This Earth right after this. Beyond This Earth will continue right after these messages.
Welcome back to Beyond This Earth. Throw it all back here. So many things happen in space, it's hard to keep up. Sometimes there's little news, sometimes there's a lot of news. But one of the biggest news items is that we have found for limited technology an exoplanet in another galaxy. That's right, we found an exoplanet in another galaxy. We found another planet in another galaxy. Another planet there. And we didn't and we don't have James Webb yet. Can you imagine that? I can imagine. If we can find that planet at the tip of another galaxy, come on, we can get to Mars. In 10 years, we still got time, even though they delayed our uh, moon missions until 2025. You know, they're busy doing something. Oh, it's a delay because of, oh, we tried to get the rocket. He hated him. She did. He he was worried about DiCaprio fucking his new wife. Ah, okay. All the news. During the 190 days that the crew of the space station were up. Low Earth orbit is cluttered with space junk that has been steadily increasing for years. Problems so severe that the International Space Station had to power up its thrusters to dodge a very large piece of Chinese space debris Wednesday. The NYT reports that the ISS Dodge 35114 and NASA's space list of junk also identified as 1999-025-DKS, a piece of debris from a Chinese weather satellite that was blown up by LEO in LEO during the ballistic missile test in 2007. The in-orbit explosion caused 3,000 pieces of debris. NASA and Russia's space agency in Moscow worked together to fire up the thrusters that raised the ISS about a mile in altitude to avoid this particular large piece of debris. It just makes sense to go ahead and do this bird and put this behind us so we can certainly safety the safety of the crew. Said Joe Monatile, the ISS manager, told reporters on Tuesday ahead of the maneuver. It's the inception of the space station in the late 1990s. There have only been 29 such avoidance maneuvers. I assessed the debris dodging maneuver didn't impact the docking of the crew dragon capsule with station. Not all objects can be dodged. A small trackable, untrackable piece of space junk ripped a robotic arm from the station. It caused no damage, but underlined the space junk problem. This was on May 12th. The biggest contributor to the current space debris program is explosion in orbit caused by leftover energy, fuel, and batteries onboard spacecraft and rockets. Despite measures being in place to prevent this, we see no decline in the number and incidents of such events. Transcourse and emission disposal are improving, but at a slow pace, the European Space Agency recently just said. So, 
We gotta watch out for the space debris these days. Speaking of space, the first Chinese woman to do a spacewalk was completed a couple of days ago. So the they were talking about this. So it was the first woman to do that in that particular guys. Hold on. The and as it was stated before, the SpaceX three crew just left for the ISS and have just arrived from the ISS. Jeff Bezos is about to launch a $2 billion space business park. He has all that money in the world. He really wants to run it. He really wants to run it. And he'll use space to do it too. Then they have released, Elon Musk has revealed that they will build a $3.2 billion space factory. And then we'll are still continuing on that proximacy signal mystery that is being reported. We'll have more about that in the next coming days and weeks ahead. So that's pretty much the space news, which is more exciting these days than the real news on the earth. Speaking of real news on the earth, we got to talk about some very interesting things that have taken place in the last several days concerning with those that made the internet the internet. First off, have anybody heard of the artist named Shadden? Yes, he is one of the most talented Western artists in recent memory, but he has had a drug issue and those drug issues led into him getting arrested over a gun charge in California a couple of days ago. We don't know much of the details, but he was released two days ago on bond. We'll have more information as it develops concerning that particular case, but a lot of people have said that Sherman has deserved it, especially after some of his antics went way beyond the pale, especially when he gave one person a drawing and that was done in extremely bad taste and they couldn't take it no more. So, Sherman has become a pariah in the restricted 18 field of the artist or neo-artist industry, but we'll see what happens with him. He needs to get off the drugs. It's sad to see him on this particular level because at the time before he was biting commentary, but it was just, it's, it's sad to see this. And it's disappointing to be quite honest. Very disappointing. Another thing that has happened is that Lotex has committed suicide. You don't know who Lotex is? Lotex 
was one of the founders of the Something Awful Forums. Something Awful Forums were the guys that pretty much were after AOL passed on was one of the many places such as MySpace and um, the Dilly and other places of that nature. They pretty much were one of the bigger forums all over the world. Low Tats had something going. And then he decided to do a pay. They, he decided to do uh, a pay tier in order to gain a little money for all these particular users of this forum. He was one of the rare successes in that particular space. And there was a point where, okay, he was getting into a place where he was going to become a big figure. And in some ways he was a big figure because he was somewhat of a comedian, somewhat of a troll, somewhat of this and the other. But a war started between him and Milk concerning issues with cartoon pornography. Let's just call it anti Japanese cartoon pornography. And so Lotad's ban moot or ban his people, ban his people between that and other particular issues concerning that site. From that day forward, the history of the internet changed forever. Moot, as you know, is Christopher Poole. Christopher Poole created 4chan. You now know what 4chan is and how it affected the rest of America. You know what happened to Christopher Poole and what changes that happened to Christopher Poole. Well, after the moves that had happened and the aftermath of that move and the changes that have happened throughout the internet because of what Lotads did in that event with the split between him and Moot. Lotads pretty much built out what we now later call the irony left from the um, SA forums. He built out the irony left, the dirtbag left, the violinist left from this particular aspect of space. Whereas Moot's people started the whole thing with this thing with the pirate, not necessarily piracy per se, but with what's going on in America, this, that, and the other. A lot of interesting stuff built from that particular split in this particular area. Low Tats could have changed a lot of shit if he had did not make that move. Could have changed a lot of history, but that one particular decision changed his life. But it turns out it may have not have been for the better. Yes, from this particular change, he mainstreamed somewhat SA forums. From that particular mindset and the money that he made from that decision, 
he was able to build a life for himself in many ways. Some say he may have not have built the life that he wanted to, but let's be fair, folks. He did have a little bit of change to go with it. Oh, and there's some say that, you know, the, um, <clears throat> alphabet agencies have come around and, um, you know, we got a little bit of a, mm-mm, promise, mm-mm, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, help with the Facebook, help with the creation of Facebook, new Google, all the rest of them, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And it made Low Tad somewhat of a figure in the irony left and all the rest of it because of his ideology and what he believed in. Well, now he's dead because it turns out that he couldn't pay his child support from his second wife. And his wife, second wife, just posted it on, ironically, SA forums. The man that changed the internet and may have also changed the destiny of this country in particular has ended his life because of things that we have been talking about not being zeroed out. especially with child support and all the rest of it, that he was pretty much against. I kind of find it how ironic that this genre of anime continues to affect the world in ways that we cannot possibly predict. But you know, the strange thing about it, it shouldn't even have happened in that particular sense. We should be more in the influence of French Band-Aid Destiny. But there is one study, or one, yeah, let's call it a study, that I saw on Twitter that pretty much showcases why Band-Aid Destiny will never get any sort of foothold in America and the rest of the West. And it's simple. Western Europe believes that Biden is doing a better job than Trump, even though all of the things that have happened, especially with Afghanistan and all the rest of it, has not changed. Now, I know this study may have done earlier and all that, but the same thing is with Obama. Western Europe is Western Europe is France, Germany, all the rest of it. If the French, I did not say French people in, in particular as a whole, but if the French continue to see, oh, America is fine when the Democrats is in and not as good as when the Democrats are not in, oh, Black Lives Matter, this and the other thing, when they have their own issues that are going on in their own places, then it stands to reason that the companies that handle Band-Aid Destiny can't get nothing off the ground because they believe that 
they have to become more Americanized instead of being the inspiration for both American and Japanese artists and Japanese manga and comic and American comic writers that they have been for many, many years. Why not go to the genuine article instead of letting the Koreans talk, sweet talk their way into Hollywood? Why can't we get the genuine article? It is absolutely kind of sickening to me. And I'm not saying this because old oh, Japan is Japan. No, 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 no. The Japanese need to be have need to get a lot of credit for being successful with their genre. Being successful with their medium, a lot of credit. Even despite the disadvantages, too many disadvantages to count, they somehow found a way to succeed. The disadvantages do not exist with French Band-Aid Destiny. But you know why they don't get the pull? They refuse to get the Democrat dick out their mouths. That's their own, that's just France's only major problem with why Band-Aid Destiny don't succeed. And why they don't have any type of power in Hollywood like they used to have back when they were doing French New Wave back in the 60s and 70s. It makes one worry sometimes. It really does make one worry, especially when they were the ones that brought heavy metal, metal hurling into this. Oh, let's not forget the Italians too. They're good with their own works. How in the world we let that go? Unbelievable, my friends. The Japanese should be commended for succeeding where others don't. And the reason why they were successful was they didn't play favorites. The French and Italians unfortunately do. And it's a shame. It's really a shame. One more thing before we end this show today. And it's somewhat of a sad note in journalism as we've been talking about journalism for the last for the for the last 90 minutes or so. A legend in news broadcasting is setting up for retirement at the end of next year. That would be Jim Gardner. And for 45 years, he has become a staple in that local broadcasting enterprise. He had become the standard bearer. And there are ways to become the standard bearer without being a liar in all the mistakes the younger people in journalism handle. There will reach a point where you have to end your career. Sometimes you die in that chair. Sometimes 
that chair dies with you. Jim Gardner is truly a respectful and a great man who at one time was the glue for everything that was ABC and was a higher standard than most of his peers. It's going to be a very difficult time to find a man that's going to take over that man's place. And I doubt it will ever happen. The news media is not only going through a changing of the guard, but a loss of trust and faith in its own institution. How long before things really change. It's beginning. And his retirement is might be really the beginning of the end of what we consider the news media. He's still gonna be there but we won't say our goodbyes until then. But we have to say goodbye here, at least until next week. Thank you for listening to Beyond This Earth. On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Radio Republic. Soon on Spotify Green Room, soon on the clubhouse soon on the stereo app wherever you get your radio shows this is Novid all back stay safe take care of yourselves and we'll see you next time on beyond this earth beyond this earth is a garo gothic production